I've been living in recovery for eight years. I've been living in recovery for two years. For three years. 27 years. Addiction is a disease. You have the power to fight this. It's easier when you know the facts. The fact is, addiction is a disease. The more you know, the more supportive and compassionate neighbor, friend, family member, Hoosier you can be. Go to knowthefactsindiana.org to learn more about opioid and substance use disorders, treatment, and recovery. Greetings, everyone. I'm Karen Vaughn from 106.7 WTLC. Uh, You can listen to my show weekdays while you're working from 10 a.m. into 3 p.m. And I am here as your moderator during this special panel during our Inspire You virtual expo. We're going to see various panels and experiences throughout the weekend. So thank you so much for joining us. And remember to follow us on social at 1067WTLC and subscribe to our YouTube page to check out all the panels. This panel in particular is a panel of hope and help. It is from Know the Facts Indiana. You can follow them on social media at Know the Facts and their website is knowthefactsindiana.com. I'm going to be speaking with Tracy Clark in just a bit, but today, Our panel's focus is on recovery, stigma, and the Black woman's experience, a conversation on how addiction impacts our community and what we can do to lift each other up as we continue this weekend of inspiration. So I would like to bring on right now Tracy Clark. She is an LSS Greenbelt Volunteer Service Manager uh, for uh, the Alliance for Substance Abuse progress. Thank you so much, Tracy, for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. You know, I love the part um, when we talk about lifting each other up, right? Because addiction is a disease. And I think many do um, forget that. And we're going to highlight that today. And some people that you've helped throughout the way, you're going to see and view their stories, you know, but let's definitely start with uh, Know the Facts and their program and what they do to lift up those here uh, in Indiana. Yeah, Know the Facts is a campaign. Um, we're in the, uh, excuse me, I'm gonna put my glasses back on, is uh, the state of Indiana's initiative to support, to spread factual information about substance use disorder, treatment and recovery. I think it's always great when talking about know the facts or anything dealing with substance use disorder that recovery is possible and there's always hope for recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, The goals of the initiative are to spread awareness, provide recovery, educational resources, and to create empathy among Hoosiers for those who are fighting addiction. Um, Know the facts was previously known as the know the O um, and is in its uh, third, its fourth year statewide of you know answering the call to opioid use disorder and um, substance use disorder. Awesome. So, can you tell us about your role and what you do each day as the volunteer services manager? Yeah, I sure can. Um, I have the pleasure of working down in Columbus, Indiana. I work for the Alliance for Substance Abuse Progress. Uh, And that was that county's answer to the opioid epidemic, the response to the overdoses that were occurring in their community. Um, The Alliance for Substance Abuse Progress, or ASAP, 
leads the effort to identify and establish system-wide solutions to substance misuse and substance use disorder. Hmm. And it's um, a partner in advocacy, education, and support for the health of our community and every person in it. And so I work for, so that's like my umbrella, ASAP Inc. And then under there, we have the the ASAP Hub, which is where I I serve daily as the volunteer services manager. Um, And the Hub is just exactly what it sounds like, a central location for anybody who is suffering from substance use disorder. And when I say anybody, I mean the actual person that's been diagnosed um, or who is suffering from substance use disorder, their family member, maybe a loved one, something, someone calling to just connect somebody to resources. That hub is that central location for you to go and get that factual information and that support that you need. So I do help clients out on a day-to-day basis with general casework. Um, in addition to that, um, when establishing our 501c3, uh, we recognize that Uh, we were going to need a lot of help from volunteers. And when you have volunteers, you want to make sure you have a point person in there to manage those volunteers. And that's my my main role and responsibility is to take care of the 25 plus volunteers that we have helping us with the mission of um, helping stamp out substance use disorder, helping destroy that stigma and making sure that everybody knows that recovery is possible. Yeah. And with the onset of the pandemic, what type of cases are you seeing due to to COVID? Because people are just feeling the weight of the world on their shoulders from from continuous death to um, the different killings that we've seen over, over the summer to dealing with things within their own household financially. Right. How have you been able to help those um, in the masses in regards to uh, the pandemic? So, um, one of the great one one of the great things is that um, you, the world of technology has opened up for us. You know, when you go to knowthefactsindiana.org, you can click on there. It is a very interactive website. You can find resources in any part of the state. Um, and it will get you to what you need to start your recovery journey, or if you're in your recovery journey, it can help you continue that. Mm -hmm. So there are resources on there, like for support groups, um, to help you, uh, like AA or NA, things like that nature, so that you can attend a virtual group. Almost every, um, intensive outpatient program that I know of is now basically do has those uh, virtual appointments, just like we're talking together today. We're not in the studio together. Right. So it's a whole different feel, but you can, you can log in um, to your computer or on your phone and, and talk to your provider. Uh, I know down in Columbus and I know there are many places in Indianapolis as well, where you can just go to a parking lot and, you know, stand there or in your car and log on to that free Wi-Fi that's provided by the city and and log into these um, websites. We what we especially know now is that this particular demographic. Leans into physical touch. And okay. so um, the pandemic was especially hard for them because it not only did we take away their physical touch, but it was gone instantaneously. Like, whoop, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You can't connect with anybody. And so when you have a demographic that maybe has lost their family, uh, their parents even, uh, work, 
Um, and then they can't go into that support group and connect with their peers, you know, it, it, it creates this instantaneous void. And for this vulnerable demographic, they, they go back to old habits often. And so we had a high rate of relapse. Again, knowthefactsindiana.org. You can go on there. You can look at the rates of relapse that occurred mm-hmm. and just know that um, we are here. Relapse is a part of this disease. We recognize that. And while we always hope that it never occurs, when it does occur, we just look to start again. And uh, the resources are available. Um, and where we can be in person, we can we, we try to be in person because we know how great that physical touch is for this group. Yeah. So how can one participate in your various campaigns and why do you support Know the Facts? Let me tell you, Know the Facts is it's a it's a it's just a great thing. Like, you know, I think one of the most important things we need to do in regards to substance use disorder is stamp out stigma. And um, I think stigma for people of color you know, there's this stigma that if you use drugs or illicit substances, that you're a certain kind of person. On top of that, for people of color, um, we already have all these other stigmas that go with our skin tone. And so knowing that um, education is the key to stamping out stigma, like we don't say um, addict, we say a person with substance use disorder. We don't say... um fall back, we say setback or, or relapse, you know, things of that nature. Um, I support Know the Facts um, Indiana because it it's a one-stop shop to get all of that information. It can connect you to recovery resources. It can con- connect you to the facts of concerning substance use disorder, which most importantly, um, the biggest thing that it, it lets you know is that this is a disease. There's no difference between being afflicted or affected by substance use disorder than have diabetes having high blood pressure, uh, being diagnosed with cancer. They're all chronic illnesses that are treatable. There, there is a chance for recovery um, in all of these diseases. Yeah. So um, to get involved with ASAP, uh, somebody can simply log on to ASAP dot, uh, ASAPBC.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and to get involved with knowthefactsindiana.org, same thing. Get it, get on there and there's a, a, a tab for you to say, get involved. So, and um, it's it's one of the cooler websites that I've seen as well. It has a little quiz. So you read through the website and then it gives you a test to help you understand whether or not you really read what you read. So I love that about it too. Yeah. Little yeah. surprise quiz in there. <laughs> the more interactive, the better. You know, you just feel exactly. like you're hands on. Um, right. Healing. And that's that's really what it is. Yeah. 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 And and to your point in regards to, you know, a stigma in our community, you know, feeling ignored and minimized and just the crisis that we're dealing with, you know, in our community on so many levels, you know, taking it from a healing standpoint feels more like. I can get through it in success than being beaten down because of what you're going through. Right. It feels like hope. It feels like hope. And when we, you know, when we look at the history of substance use disorder, especially in the black community, when this really began plaguing our community, um, there wasn't this attention and there wasn't this, um, this focus, there wasn't this many resources and the cost Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
like who who could you know here we were um trying to put food on the table and now you want me to help you with um an addiction issue or substance use disorder where am i supposed to find the money for that um i think one of the greatest things about the state of indiana um is medicaid or the hip program covers inpatient and outpatient uh, substance use disorder Mm -hmm. um, care and so something like over 85,000 um, Hoosiers have accessed um, Medicaid resources to take to help them with their their disease. Mm. That's <clears throat> great to know. Yeah. So it's the yeah. more you ask, the more you know, but not being ashamed to ask for help. It is it is so crucial. And I think that we have to, you know, um, go back and and say to ourselves, just because 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we weren't the focus Mm -hmm. to ignore the resources now, to not access the resources now is like, it's, it's a disservice to ourselves. Like we, you know, recovery is possible. There's hope in this now. There's resources, there's help, and there's help for every part of the family, not just the person going through the disease, but the person that is supporting them as well. It's all there. And all we have to do is reach out and touch it. You know, one of the other cool facts about know the know the um know the facts indiana.org is it has some great stories on there. One of them is is Tony's story. And so I was attending an update meeting about know the facts and um so they started talking about Tony. And he starts telling this story about his his addiction story. And he says that he was living in Muncie. And in Muncie, there was one place where the Black people went for inpatient treatment. Um, And he didn't want to go there because it was like this revolving door um, that people went in, stayed clean for a hot minute, you know, stayed clean for their 30 days in treatment, came out and got back involved in drugs. And so um, he called a friend that, you know, eventually lists him out. And I don't want to tell his, all, his whole story because I want y'all to go to Know the Facts Indiana and listen to this this uh, gentleman's story because it is awesome. Mm-hmm. But what clicked in my mind when he said what he said was there was one place that Black people went. There is not one place that Black people go. Mm-hmm. We are, um, we can go wherever we need to go. And we should feel empowered to reach out for help no matter what part of the state we're in, no matter what level of care we need, and no matter where that care is being offered. Mm -hmm. There is not one specific place for anybody. We can go anywhere we want to go now. Right. And knowing that is important because there's a low percentage of of people of color seeking treatment and going And when you look at the stats, like here's a a few stats from the 2018 National Survey on Drug Use and Health. 66.9% of African-Americans have a substance use disorder compared to the rate of 7.4% among the total population. I'll give you another stat. Uh, African-Americans are more likely to use crack than any other uh, ethnic group in the United States. A recent study indicates a much higher rate of lifetime crack cocaine use among African-Americans is 4.6% compared to Caucasians, which is 3.7%, and Hispanics, 2.3%. But we aren't the ones going to get the treatment. We are not. 
And I think, you know, a big part of that is, um, again, stigma and shame Mm -hmm. and this idea that we we cannot or we're not allowed to go somewhere Mm -hmm. or that we shouldn't ask for help. You know, this idea that has um, or this this stereotype that's been placed on people of color is that we're always asking for a handout Mm -hmm. and that help is a handout. And none of that is true. None of that is true at all. This help exists to help everyone. Um, And if you have an issue um, and if you are um, affected by this disease, if you are suffering from this disease, you should be empowered to to ask for help. If your mom or your dad or your auntie, your husband, your brother, your uncle, I don't care who it is, you should ask for help. There is no shame in asking for help. Mm -hmm. The shame comes from the stigma that says you should sit in your house in, in a corner Um, continuing use and not asking for help. There's the shame. The shame is not in asking for help. It is ignoring the fact that you have a disease. And, you know, I want to say that again and again and again throughout this conversation. You have a disease. There is treatment available. Mm -hmm. Recovery is possible. Yes. Yes. And, you know, um, in speaking of that, we've talked about Tony uh, throughout um, our chat. And I think that, you know, now is a great time to let everyone see his story and show um, the success that he's had um, through going through your program. I never, never thought that I would be addicted to crack cocaine. And even though I used to tell myself that I didn't look like those people, I was just as addicted as they were. I had a friend who was a drug dealer. So being young, dumb, and stupid, we tried it. And before I even knew that I was addicted, I was addicted. I liked to dress. I had a favorite outfit that I used to love this outfit. One day I woke up and put that outfit on and the pants fell off. They just slid off me with no belt or anything. And when I looked in the mirror, the first thing I thought to myself was, you were not raised this way. Your mother did not raise you to be an addict. So it was then that I knew that I needed help and that I needed to do something that my life had to change. But from what I had seen in the African-American community, so many people went to rehab and they come back out and they're doing the same thing. I just packed up all my clothes, all my belongings. If it wasn't for my family, I don't think I would have made it. When you have an addiction, you feel shame, you feel bad. You feel judged, you feel labeled, you feel like people are looking down upon you. People need to understand that this is a disease and there's recovery and there's treatment out there. So when you see somebody that has an addiction, what you need to do is just tell them, hey, I'm here for you. When you're ready, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, wear the crown. I'm lucky to be alive. Recovery is possible. There's hope, and hope means recovery for everybody. And so, you know, there it is. Yeah. You know, the story is great. It's awesome. Um, we're doing some great work down in Columbus as well with our program, getting people into treatment, um, getting, and, you know, I want to I wanna stop again and really talk about, um, the people that surround um, 
people who like Tony. Like yeah. that, that is very important that we remember that um, it's not just the person who is suffering from substance use disorder that is going through this. It is normally an entire family. A lot of times by the time people reach out for help, um, it is at the point where they've lost everything. They've lost their job. They've lost their, you know, their family, their friends. Um, it is uh, very important to use tools like Know the Facts Indiana um, to learn more about this disease so that you can continue that support for your loved one as they enter into recovery and find a way to rebuild um, that relationship. Tony talks about his friend um, that he picked up the phone and called. And if that friend had not been there to offer him um, that space to grow, heal, and recover, um, where we may have lost Tony. Or how many Tonys have we lost because, you know, they didn't have that space or that support. Um, KnowTheFactsIndiana.org is a great tool to learn about substance use disorder. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I loved when he said towards the end that I'm here for you. So yeah. He his testimony, his test into his testimony, but yeah. even further, wanting to help others, wanting yeah. to to dive in and give others hope and, and give them motivation and inspiration and just be there as a sounding board to help them through their moment of crisis, to help them through the disease as well. Yeah. And that just speaks to uh, his character and the great work that you all do. He, his story is, you know, it's like all of those things, but it's also empowerment. Like, I did this, you can do this. Like, lean into me, lean into these resources, and let that build you up so that you can move forward in your recovery. I, we say it all the time, recovery is possible. This is a disease, there is treatment there, recovery is possible. Yeah. And, you know, we look at Tony's story, and, and it mirrors so many stories, you know, uh, across the uh, Indiana uh, area and beyond in the region. And, you know, with us also having a focus on black women you right. know, that, you know, feel like they have to hold it down for the household and their family and the pressures of that, especially during the pandemic. You know, what have you seen? Um, and can you speak to the help that you've given to, to African-American women? So, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm sorry, I did, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Just, we we uh, have the edit button, so okay. it's all good. Just collect your thought, and we'll, we'll okay, no all problem. Right. So, um, you know what I want to say is is this: um, I'm watching a culture that um, glorifies, you know, mm -hmm. uh, opioid use, heroin. Um, lean, up pills, like, you know, we look at some of the rappers who are, you know, uh, I think it was Juice World that, you know, swallowed a whole bunch of pills on the plane. Um, we, we, we are more susceptible to this because we think that this is a part of our culture and a part of our, our lives. Like we need to do these things in order to be Black. And um, as Black women, we are trying so hard to hold a family together and to um, just just keep people um, alive. And then I've got, you know, I turn on BET or, or whatever, 
And I see this whole um, glamorization of, you know, opioid use or drug use. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm finding myself helping women understand what this disease is, what it's about, and why we have to take time to educate our children um, about, you know, how to be proud of who we are. We don't have to do all of these things to be successful. We don't have to, even if we enter into the entertainment business, mm-hmm. it is not a prerequisite that we be involved with drugs in order to be a successful rapper. It just doesn't, that's not what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it is okay to to say no to those things. Again, you know, the stigma is, you know, we, you know, we're hanging out, we're, we're together, we gotta be drinking, we gotta be using some drugs, we gotta be do, doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're doing all these things knowing that when we get in trouble, we're not going to ask for help, that we're, we're worried about asking for help. We're worried about looking weak as Black men asking for help. We're worried about um, Black women are worried about asking for help because it denotes a chink in their armor. You know, Black women, we are the strength of the family and carry the world on our backs. And when we have to, I can do it all. I got this. I don't need that. If I if I think about asking for help or saying that I need help, um, everything will just unravel. It's not the case and it's not the truth. The truth is um, that if you lean into resources, um, it is easier to keep your family alive. It is easier to keep your family together. Um, and the burden is not, you learn quickly that the burden is not yours alone. You're not the only family going through this and you're not the only person that is leading a loved one through this fight. Um, <clears throat> we quickly learn that um, this is the best way to survive. This is the best way to instill hope. And education is key to not, to, to not you know, uh, to not having the cycle repeat throughout our family time and time again. If I teach, if I treat my loved one and support them through their um, substance use disorder, then I teach my children about what we just went through. I have an opportunity to stop the cycle, to stop the glamorization and, and do something different, learn something new. Yeah. You know, and and to your point in regards to, um, what we see, you know, through the the eyes of the industry, right? You know, overall, it's, it's a normal behavior for us. Yeah, it's more more importantly to have a strong support system. Um, when you have a strong support system and those that hold you accountable, and not having yes men um, or yes women, um, you tend to veer a straighter line. Yeah. Because you feel accountable for one thing or another. Everybody has their vice, right? Whether right. it's whether it's alcohol, shopping, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but it's the power that we have in ourselves, and certain people tap into that at certain times in your life. And it's okay to have that cry for help, not knowing what's going on. So they self-medicate, self-medicate right. through through um, drugs or self-medicate, you know, through alcohol and they're all diseases, right? But no one knows that until they've gone through it, unfortunately. So having an opportunity to understand what you're going through and understand the disease and then admit that, yes, I have a problem, right? 
And right. if you think back through the cycle of it all, I remember, you know, in the 80s, the, you know, the war on drugs and the commercial with the egg dropping in, in the hot skillet saying, this is your brain on drugs, just to send a powerful message that this can harm you, right? To now where we have the opioid situation and it's, we want to help you. It wasn't a sign of help back then. It was like, oh, this is what could happen to you. You shouldn't do it. Just don't do it. Um, that necessarily wasn't the best message. In my opinion, it just scared you into not doing it, right? But there were people doing it. Now it's, we wanna help you. We wanna give you a hug, but more or less, it's not necessarily in our community getting those messages. Mm. So we have to start by letting people know, like, listen, let's start where you are. Let's help you where you are. And that's where Know the Facts Indiana comes in. Yeah, Know the Facts Indiana is, is a great, resource to learn about the legal things that are going on as well. Um, you know, uh, the cry of our um, our society um, as crack emerged, as uh, crack and heroin emerged in into our community mm -hmm. um, at alarming rates um, was we have to do something. We, we need to do something now. And so the message was all negative. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a war on drugs. So we criminalized what we already knew was a disease. Yes. Um, we locked people up. We broke up the support system. I'm going to put you away. And now you'll be away from your support system. Um, we, we, things, we learned quickly that, um, you know, the egg, this is your brain in the hot frying pan. This is your brain on drugs. Those messages didn't work. You, I, I loved how you said um, it scared you. But here was the deal, Karen. Did it scare you? Because it didn't scare enough people. We right. still had an emerging crisis within our community um, that was, we couldn't control it. We couldn't control it. And this idea that we could criminalize it um, as if arresting people had ever stopped them from doing anything else before. Um, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't effective. It wasn't effective. Mm -hmm. um, but science is trial and error. And as the science has gotten better, um, our hope is that society will get better. Um, again, we need to help people see and understand that this is a disease. And when you put it in the mind frame of disease, you automatically hear treatment. Like, so if I tell you, you have cancer, then you say, okay, do I have to do radiation and chemo? You know, what's gonna happen when I do that? What stage is this disease? Um, and then what's the outcome possibly of my treatment? And the earlier, and we also know that the earlier you enter into treatment, the better chance there is for recovery. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't have to wait until you lose everything with substance use disorder before you reach out to help. Okay. If your child or your loved one is suffering, you don't have to wait for them to reach out. You, again, you can go to Know the Facts Indiana and look, click on it and be like, okay. have that conversation, that hard conversation and say to your loved one, hey, look, I think there's a problem here. Um, this is what I learned about your disease. Did you know that your brain is now broken, that you have altered your brain and that it's not operating pro properly? But more than that, I can take you somewhere and we can um, 
get you some medicine and treat your disease and you can be better. We can heal our family, we can heal you and we can walk this walk together. Um, it is important that the, um, the, the, the so-called war on drugs, you know, for all that it's worth and all that it was supposed to do, sent 31 million people to jail, uh -huh. 31 million. You would think after the first million, if that was an effective um, mode to end, 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 end a crisis or end a problem, we probably would have learned after the first million, 31 million people later, you still have some people, people shouting, lock them up when that has never been the answer and will never be the answer. Um, I need to give you a hug to get through this because this will not be easy. It is a lifelong journey. It will be hard. You are going to need to be able to lean into someone and ask for help. So I, I need to be there for you. In my community, in every community in America, recovery is possible. Um, I want you to know that if you lean into me or an organization like mine, you there's an opportunity for you to make it. There is an opportunity for you to make it. And you don't need to be perfect to make this walk. You need to just simply take the first step. I, you know, one of the things I tell my clients all the time, I'll take every step with you that you decide to take. I can't take any steps for anybody else. Um, all I can do is take a step with you that you choose to take. And every one step that you take in recovery is one less step that we have to worry about locking somebody up, criminalizing a disease. We don't criminalize any other disease in America except for substance use disorder. We don't criminalize this behavior in any other way um, except for, th for this. We, we've made it dirty. We've made it, we've made it criminal. And it's, yeah. it's a disease. It is a disease. Um, so now really in the last five years, here we are in 2020, and in the last five years, we're finally saying that. We're finally saying this is a disease. Um, it Again, it changes your brain. And um, it's not a choice. You know, for a long time, people have said they're, they're a drug addict because they want to be. And now we know that they are suffering from substance use disorder because their brain has been altered. That, that's two totally different ends of the scope. Um, I'm glad we're pushing forward. I'm glad that knowthefactsindiana.org um, is in its fifth year. I'm proud to have been with um, the ASAP Hub in Columbus since its inception. Um, ASAP Inc. has been around for four or five years, but the Hub is really 18, 18 months old. We knew. We just celebrated our one-year birthday in uh, last August. So I, I'm proud because organizations like mine and the work that we're doing every day show that communities are ready to respond to this in a different way, that they recognize that this is a disease and the way we criminalized it did not work. You know, when it comes to sensitivity training uh, for healthcare professionals um, that are working with various clients, can you speak to um, the training and the sensitivity training that they're receiving so one will feel comfortable when they come in? You know, um, again, I think uh, one of the first things that we really had to do um, when we started talking about opioids was reduce the amount of prescribed op opioids flowing into the community. Um, there was a time uh, where doctors kind of told you to suck it up if you were in pain. 
Um, again, science changed and science said, if you treat pain, people will heal quicker. And so companies um, learn quickly that we're making pain medication, that if I teach doctors how to ask about pain, then um, uh, I can give them this legal medication to help them feel better. And so now everybody can go to um, go to a doctor and get get a pill and be legally, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, high. And so, um, so one of the first things we had to do with our physicians is to get them to step back from that um, methodology and that thought process that they needed to treat every person in pain with an opioid prescription. There are some other things in there in between uh, opioids and, uh, you know, Tylenol that they can use to treat pain. And um, teaching them that they did not have to flood, um, you know, dentists were especially important. You know, kids get their wisdom teeth and get dental work all the time. And they were giving them a 30 day prescription of opioids, a 30 days amount worth of opioids. Who wants their 15 year old taking oxycodone or narco for 30 straight days? No. And then think nothing, nothing bad is going to happen from that. So um, we had to treat, you know, change that language or that methodology there. Then we had to teach them, you know, what these medications really do, how they do the brain and why they should want to, you know, change that methodology, methodology. And when people come in seeking pain medicine, um, now doctors are looking for that. Like, I don't want to prescribe to you because it sounds like you're seeking medication. We taught doctors how to go in and look at medical records to make sure that this person wasn't going from ER to ER um, and doctor to doctor looking for prescriptions. Um, We taught doctors or physicians how to um, begin to treat people like people, listen to what they're telling you and treat what needs to be treated and not just a... uh, one size fits everyone um, type of treatment where you're just prescribing a pill instead of listening to what that person needs and offering them um, that type of um, that that type of treatment. You know, when you have people in um, in recovery and we've taught you this this language, this this different stuff. Now, as a doctor, when somebody comes in and says, you know, I'm, I'm going through this or going through that, or they're planning a surgery, they can tell you I'm in recovery. Can we talk about how we're going to treat my pain without a narcotic pain medicine? You know, like, how can I get through this pain? Because anytime you talk about surgery or you break a bone or something like that, what are you most worried about? Pain. So um, being sensitive to people who are in recovery and knowing to ask that question um, during an appointment is important and, and knowing ways to treat pain without an opioid prescription is, is critical. It's critical. Um, the other thing is, you know, people get these prescriptions. Again, you take it for two or three days. Now you have 27 days worth of opioids in your cabinet that you're not monitoring, not paying attention to. Again, teaching, you know, doctors to be sensitive to, to prescribe the least amount needed, um, you're in recovery. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, people have to be able to speak to their physicians so that they can stick with their recovery. Mm-hmm. So it's it's important. It's important. So if there is someone that's watching now that wants help, 
or someone that's watching now that knows someone that needs help. I know right now it's all hands on deck into making sure that everyone is accounted for. How do they go about getting the help that they need? Again, logging on to knowthefactsindiana.org um, is probably the smartest way to start um, start your journey. It's going to identify and educate you. It's going to point you to all the different resources that are available. You have inpatient treatment, you have outpatient uh, treatment, you have um, uh, therapy, mm -hmm. things of that nature that are all connected. Um, and then support groups that are all connected on there as well as um, another important thing is um, uh, sober living after you've completed treatment, right. um, allowing you a safe place to begin your recovery. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you can find recovery so resources near you at www.in.gov um, backslash 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 FSSA dot addiction or slash slash addiction are some other great ways to find um, treatment options. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're in crisis, you can always dial 211 and press three or six to be connected to a peer recovery expert that can help guide you mm -hmm. um, into your recovery journey as well. And when it comes to a, a long-term recovery or a, a, a quicker recovery? How is, how is that determined? Um, that's going to be determined with that first conversation. Okay. Um, whether you reach out to uh, 211, um, you go uh, find, you know, uh, bewellindiana.org. You can use them as well. You can use ASAP Inc., um, or excuse me, asapbc.org. Um, we're going to um, we're going to we're going to talk to you. All of us are going to talk to you. We're going to find out how much you're using, what type of substance you're using, and then we're going to guide you to what we think you may need. Again, uh -huh. inpatient treatment is where you may go to a facility for up to 28 days. You're in you're in a facility. They're treating you every day. You're going through classes. You're being educated about your disease, you're receiving, potentially that's where medicated assistant treatment um, may start. Uh, there are three FDA approved medicines to help treat addiction as well. Um, and, you know, you may need to start there. Or let's say you're not using as, you know, enough that you would meet the threshold for that type of um, treatment. You may need to go to an intensive outpatient patient tr uh, treatment program or IOP is what that's often called. Mm -hmm. And so that's where you're walking into an outpatient clinic, probably three, at least three times a week. You are again going through classes. You can start medicated assisted treatment that way as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you probably are going to be coupling that with uh, uh, individual therapy mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, you can also, you know, enter treatment. There are places that will help you become abstinent free. Um, the NA, like the NA method of the 12 steps without any medication is also available. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is another great resource of abstinence uh, type um, behavior with steps that you can join into and lean into for recovery. Okay. And those that are assisting um, one that's in treatment, um, what are some best practices they can do? My last question here 
to help someone through. I heard Tony talk about, you know, feeling judged and feeling scared. You know, how do we break that stigma, but be able to help somebody through that? Right. I think the idea, um, you know, one of the greatest resources that we have now is recovery coaching. And I think the the greatest, um, my greatest education have become from recovery coaches. And so these are people who have successfully navigated recovery and now they're leading other people through it. And so when I hear them talk to their clients, sometimes I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. I see how maybe what I said was judgmental or what, because you don't know what you don't know as well, even as a professional. So learning to ask questions and being willing to fully listen to what the person is saying. Um, you, you know, if you have never been in their shoes, then you shouldn't talk about you understanding that you know that they, that you've been in their shoes because you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it's like. No. Um, more importantly, you probably don't want to know. You know, what they're telling you is nobody wants to feel like I feel right now. Um, I want to feel how you feel. And so um, learning to speak, again, using non-stigmatizing language instead of calling them an addict, saying things like you are affected by substance use disorder, that you have a disease, it's not a choice. Um, I had a setback instead of a relapse. I didn't have a, 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 dirt, a dirty urinalysis. My urinalysis was positive for a substance. All those different ways that we can speak a language that is non-stigmatizing and educating ourselves with the way um, people are stigmatized are, are two of the greatest things that any professional um, working in this field can possibly do. Excellent. Well, Tracy, you have been a wealth of knowledge and information. Just thank you so much for the great work that that you continue to do in the region. And you know, you are always welcome. So we can always chat about this <laughs> to help help our community uh, be better and do better. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And do better. And for those that that are watching and would like to know more information, you can log on to knowthefactsindiana.org or follow on Facebook and Twitter at knowthefacts. That's just at and then knowthefacts to be engaged with conversation and share thoughts and learn more facts about substance use disorder in Indiana. And before we go, one more thing that we want to do is we want to show you um, in full picture, uh, what Know the Facts does and what they're all about. And we'll show their commercial now. And again, thank you so much, Tracy. Thanks for having me. One quick thing I want to also say, Karen, if somebody is struggling or in crisis right now, don't forget to hit 211 on your phone and um, get the help that you need. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for being here. I've been living in recovery for eight years. I've been living in recovery for two years. For three years. 27 years. Addiction is a disease. You have the power to fight this. It's easier when you know the facts. The fact is, addiction is a disease. The more you know, the more supportive and compassionate neighbor, friend, family member, Hoosier you can be. Go to knowthefactsindiana.org to learn more about opioid and substance use disorders, treatment, and recovery.